Hello, everybody. Well, our 2008 cast grew a little bit more than we expected. Um, oh, yes. Due to a uh, quirk of recording, we're going to go on ahead and separate September and October into their own cast and do November and December as their own. So you're going to wind up with four casts, and I think we'll release this staggered one a week uh, yeah. when we release these. Just do that. What uh, What did we get to last time? Um, last time, we the way that we did it was we did uh, January through April, mm -hmm. and then we uh, had already covered May through August. Ah. So we're going to be doing September and October, and i got to be honest with y'all. It's a good thing that we broke this out this way because mm -hmm. this year, these two months, they are their own season. They are completely separate from what else you would see. Mm -hmm. they, they really are. Um, September and October are their own mini season, fall. Um, yeah. And so there's and there's a lot of movies in here. Surprisingly, the Oscar movies, the movies that were really big and important in the rest of the year, mm -hmm. don't exist. They do not exist in this time period. You aren't. We are not going to hit on. Huh. We're going to hit on a few movies that got a few token nominations, but for the most part, the prestige films don't exist. Hmm. But what does exist is a lot of hidden gems, and so that's what I'm really eager to get to. So let's get to it. Awesome. All right. Since we have to, let's start on Labor Day weekend, which is always the worst weekend, and which, by sheer coincidence, is the weekend that's coming up. Hmm. And boy, do we have a just we're not even going to have anything to say about this. Bangkok Dangerous with Nicolas Cage opened that weekend. Uh, that was your Labor Day option. I remember the title. <laughs> That's I, about it. I don't know. I don't know anyone who saw it. So let's jump to September 12th. Um, mm -hmm. September 12th gave us one of the lowest grossing wide releases of all time. Proud American, which mm -hmm. if you've never heard of it and this is your first time hearing of it, there's really nothing to say. Yeah, I um, don't remember. I don't. <laughs> no. It gave us The Family That Prays, a Tyler Perry movie, because mm -hmm. there's got to be Tyler Perry movies. Mm -hmm. It gave us um, The Women from Diane English, um, the creator of Murphy Brown. Oh, Not a film I saw, but I have such mad love for Murphy Brown that I had to make sure that I would note it. Yeah, I remember Murphy Brown. I remember my parents watching it. It's a great show. I think the reason that it's not known better is because it's not easily accessible. I think if it were easily mm -hmm. accessible, it would be revered, I think, the same way that Frasier is, which is a very erudite show for smart people. Yeah. Um, which, and, he, and the Golden Girls, which, honestly, I think I need to give a visit to. It's interesting how Frasier and the Golden Girls are so popular with our generation Mm -hmm. Even though we really kind of miss them, Frasier did hit my generation. I knew mm -hmm. a lot of people in high school that watched it. I, wa I um, watched it. I did. I absolutely watched it. I thought it was great. And I, and I yeah. still think it's great. I think it's a fantastic show. Murphy mm -hmm. Brown was one I really liked. Um, but let's get to the movie that is most notable on September 12th. And this is one that I did see on in the theater. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Burn After Reading. Because I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. I saw it uh, after the fact, but I saw it. Oh, yeah, I saw it day one. Um, I got to it. Uh, this is an interesting film because this was the Coens going back to their follow-up after their Oscar. Now, the last mm -hmm. time that they followed up their movie after the Oscars, after they had an Oscar win, it went horribly for them. The film tanked, mm -hmm. was critically lambasted, was just 
murdered at nope. the box murdered died which, at the box office which one are you referring to you know the punchline is that it was the big Lebowski <laughs> oh they didn't they didn't have that happen this time this one was a big box office success for them mm-hmm. it was a crit it was critically acclaimed I feel like this time ironically after coming after such a serious film and I still think no country mm-hmm. for old men is the best film of that decade no question yeah. about it ironically your- I think Burnout Your Reading is such a strange fucking film, too. And it's, I think what's great about it is, at this point, everyone had figured the Coens out. Mm-hmm. At this point, everybody had figured out the Coens are the weird guys. Yeah. They, I mean, they're literally two brothers. So mm-hmm. it's, this movie is a private joke for them. And it's a great private joke. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, of course, this was a, this was, um, a big cast, um, as often is the case, Frances McDormand was involved. Um, yeah. Bless bless her for being their eternal muse. Um, yeah. By the way, the photos of Joel Cohen after the Oscars, where he looked miserable, were so funny this year. Yeah. Because, of course, he was there with her to support her for um, uh, her, her win. Yes. Um, yeah. I... I, but she, I think this honestly might be the second best thing she's ever done for them. I really honestly think this might be their second best film, uh, the, their second best film with her aside from Fargo. Because, I mean, come on. Yeah, Marge yeah. is eternally just oh, the best. I love Fargo so Marge. much. Oh, yeah. I think they have the same thing. Go- I think there's the same thing going here where they know how to use her so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's great. She's great in this. Clooney is amazing in it. This is some of the best work he's ever done. But this movie is stolen wholeheartedly by Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and I don't mean to ignore John Malkovich and uh, Tilda Swinton, both of whom are fantastic in it. That's yeah. the thing. This is a killer cast. And by the way, Swinton, this was her follow up to her Oscar, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still, by the way, maintain that the Oscars got the ultimate joke on her career, which is for all the weird parts she's played, she won for playing a normal person. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I yeah. love this movie. Burn After Reading is goddamn hysterical. I, I don't know how much else there is to say about it. It is hysterical. It is just hilarious. And there's really nothing to say about it. And it played great to the audience I saw it with. I'm... Also, also brief, brief uh, mention for a brief cameo, J.K. Simmons. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, boy, this was at the period where Simmons, the Spider-Man movies were over. Mm-hmm. And people were starting to realize, oh, we can use Simmons in anything. And he's hysterical. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah, his cameo is gold. Yeah. He has a great cameo. Uh, this is at the point where uh, Jason Reitman had figured out what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, it's just outside of our purview covering 2008, but he's in I Love You, Man, and he's wonderful there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Damien Chazelle would figure out he's terrifying. Yeah. And an, and an Oscar would be won rightly. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know what else there is to say about this. Um, but I do briefly want to note, I, I referenced Towelhead in quick passing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from, that. First of all, I know that's a racial slur. That's yeah, something I was that's say, built. That sounds yeah. And the movie's by a white man. Um, hmm. This was by Alan Ball, who did um, uh, Six Feet Under, 
And this is proof that TV right. guys are not movie guys. TV guys do not work on movies. It just doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so we're going to jump past that. Yeah. Uh, go to September 19th. Um, uh, did you have anything else to add about Burn After Reading? And I do have one more movie that I wanted to reference on this date, uh, actually. All I want to say is Dildo Chair. I didn't even want to get into that because <laughs> if people don't know about it, they need to experience the uh-huh. beauty of that gag. The way it is executed, the way that it is timed, if you didn't know the Coens were geniuses, mm-hmm. that's that's proof because they execute it beautifully. Honestly, they I, nail it. I had heard about the fact that that was in there, but I didn't believe it. I didn't know it. And when it was executed, and it's so stupid. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> and Clooney is so proud of it. That's what makes it so great. It, Gotta. It looks like the unsexiest thing ever. Oh God, I love this movie so much. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I could even get into the running gag with Dermot Mulroney. That's just great. Um, oh God, this movie. I expect that by the time this cast comes out, this will come out after that movie is, uh, has had its tenure. Mm-hmm. I expect people are going to be talking about this on its tenure. But there's one other movie I want to get to, and that is uh, Righteous Kill mm-hmm. uh, with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro as the ultimate proof that these two men hit the bottom. Mm. Because you would think that would be a big deal that they were – because, okay, they did heat together, but it's well known. They only had one scene, and it's widely thought they weren't actually on the set at the same time. This mm. was them together. This was going to be a big deal. The movie is a debacle. Oof. I don't think either of them has been able to get it back together since. I have hope for their next movie, mm-hmm. which is going to be the um, Martin Scorsese's um, The Irishman. Oh, nice. I have hope for it. I have hope for it, but it's going to take Scorsese to get them back to their peak. Yeah. Let's go to September 19th, because there's some good stuff there. There's the Western Appaloosa, which mm-hmm. I've heard good about. I never saw it. I'm not a Western guy. Yeah. There's the infamous hound dog which was supposed to be the movie which you know the big deal about this was this was the dakota fanning rape movie lovely lovely Mm -hmm. i've heard i have heard it is an absolute laugh riot Hmm. think about that Hmm. um the david co-op directed um ricky gervais greg kinnear star ghost town Hmm. Which I've heard some very nice things about, but didn't see. And that's even with me being a huge Gervais fan. Yeah. I didn't see it. Hmm. Um, the infamous Lakeview Terrace. Uh, oh, yeah. The movie about... Sam Jackson. You know, if you're going to do a movie about police brutality and racism, maybe don't make the black guy the villain. Yeah. Just a saying. Just saying. Yeah. Ugh, that one's ugly. That one's ugly. Hmm. Also ugly, Dane Cook. Um... His movie mm-hmm. career came to a much needed end with My Best Friend's Girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this or Good Luck Chuck came first, mm-hmm. but those two basically put putting into it. Mm-hmm. I like Cook. I think he's a very funny stand-up. Mm-hmm. He has the advantage of not being a sexual predator. Yeah. I know he stole jokes from Louis C.K., mm-hmm. but you know he's not a sexual predator. Yeah. I, and, and I like Cook. I think he's a really good character actor who just didn't 
didn't find the stuff. Um, but there's one other movie that I do really want to talk about on this date, and this is one I really like. Uh, let's talk briefly about Igor. Igor. Uh, the John Cusack-voiced animated film about uh, a mad scientist's assistant who builds his own woman. Ah, okay. And has a, and has a an immortal but suicidal bunny for a partner, well, played that... by Steve Buscemi. You've never heard of this, have you? No. Am I giving you the impression that this might not be a bad movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of a wonderful film that I'm really... I told you, there were hidden gems coming. This is a big one. I actually saw this one at the Dollar Theater. The advantage when the Dollar Theater was open and it was near my apartment was that I would go all the time just to see stuff. Hmm. And this was a Dollar Theater movie. There's a child standing behind me now. (laughs) Smiling at me so big. Oh, I love you, Lola. Um, This is a real gem. This was uh, independent animated, not Mm -hmm. by any of the major studios. Just a neat film. Just a neat, neat film. Um, John Cusack. It's one of his better. Uh, it's one of his better films this decade. Because, man, Cusack had a bad everything post High Fidelity. To be blunt, mm-hmm. like I don't know. It feels like there was the period where there was the six month period where he had High Fidelity. He had Being John Malkovich, and everything collapsed. Was he in Being John Malkovich? Was he in Being John Malkovich? He's the main character. Oh, shit. How did I miss that? It's been a while. Uh, he's heavily made up in it. Um, uh, dude, I... Also a strange I, movie. Yes, it is. Can't wait for next year. Um, <laughs> I love... I love this movie. This is one of those movies that... I. It's worth seeking out. Great voice cast. A lot of great voice actors up and down the line. A cute premise, too. Um, this is one that, again, it's not as well known, but I th- I want people to see it. It may be on Netflix, actually. Hmm. Let's check it's, that. It's <laughs> worth a look if you can get your your eyes on it. It's funny. It has some la- utterly laugh-out-loud moments in it, and the animation is nice. I just, And Steve Buscemi, dude, hmm. this is Buscemi doing everything he does best. I dug this movie. I'd love, I, I'd love me some Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm telling you, he is this just constantly, why won't, why can't I die bunny is awesome. <laughs> Not awesome are the movies Movies on September 26th. And you may have noticed, by the way, we shot through September pretty fast. Mm-hmm. We ain't going to shoot through this, uh, we ain't going to shoot through October nearly as quickly. <laughs> um, I don't, I, didn't, I don't see Igor on there. Nah, shoot. Well, Dang. it's worth a look. It's worth a look. Um, there's some interesting movies on September 26th, though not good ones. Um, mm-hmm. Nights in Rodanthe, the um, Richard Gere, Diane Lane romantic uh, drama based on Nicholas Sparks' book. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see it. Obviously, I didn't see it. Um, right. Let's see. Miracle at St. Anna, the much, very controversial Spike Lee World War II movie hmm. that is only controversial because Lee couldn't stop running his damned mouth. Uh, Lee attacked uh, Clint Eastwood for not including bl- uh, more black soldiers uh, in um, Flags of Our Fathers while right. he was making this movie. Someone had to then sit Lee down and explain to him, no, Eastwood included exactly as many as were there. Look, yeah. I-, I love Lee. I'm glad we have him. He's an important voice. Mm-hmm. But when he's wrong... 
he yeah. picked the wrong fight there. I'm just going to say it. Um, yeah. Fireproof, from uh, which brings us Kirk Cameron and the Kendrick Brothers, faith-based movie. Hmm. I don't want to get into this one. Um, no. <laughs> I don't find I don't find the Kendrick Brothers interesting, aside from the Brad Jones review of War Room. That was good. <clears throat> that was great. That was great. Um, it was going to ask what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. They did War Room. Um, there is one interesting movie here that I did not see because I utterly despise the book with a fiery passion. But mm-hmm. Choke with Sam Rockwell came out. Ah, the the Chuck Palahniuk book. You have to know that I hated that book not to see a Sam Rockwell starring vehicle. Yeah. I am... I am a notorious partisan for that guy. I will watch anything he does. I am not watching that crap. That is a disgusting, misogynistic book. Now, my understanding is that writer-director Clark Gregg did fix it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to sit here and wait for a second while everybody hears that name and goes, wait, I know that name. Now, um, Agent Coulson? That would be Son of Cole, yes. For real? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Greg was actually in 2008 looking to shift over to writing and directing, um, leaving film behind. <laughs> we haven't uh, that turned out. Yeah, I don't think he expected five seasons on a TV show. And that's what he and six years worth of films. Yeah, no things wound up things wound up going pretty good for him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, that book is so bad. I've heard that the movie is better. Mm-hmm. I. I'm not interested in it. Hmm. Um, I'm not interested. I, I'm not going there. No, no heart. Nah. Um, October. So let's get into October. Cause boy, October is going to be most of the, this cast. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. October is so much of this cast. Um, religious came out on October 1st. Oh, Bill Maher. Mm hmm. Eh, fuck that guy. Can I just say, can I just say how much I hate Bill Maher? Yeah. And can and can I can I just say that Mar did not I had so many of my friends recommend this movie who oh. later turned out to express viewpoints that kind of made me nervous and scared. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of people that I know who are really diehard fans of it later turned out to be awfully blue lives matter. I'll put it that way. Oh. There is something very 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 disturbing about Bill Mars anti-Islamic viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't even feel like Mar really holds these viewpoints because he truly holds them. It feels like he holds them because he's a bigot mm-hmm. and he wants the chance to be a bigot. I have not seen this movie. I don't like, no. I don't like, reli- I don't look, I don't like movies about religion on either side. Okay. No, I think faith is such a complicated topic. Now, I like movies that deal with the profound nature of faith. I like movies mm-hmm. that make you think about faith. Yeah. I don't like movies that decide definitively one side is right and the other side is wrong. Right. And I don't like movies that make fun of religious people. I no. And no. I just and that's just it. This movie's as as a, as a as a son of a preacher man, like yeah, mm-hmm. that that just mm-hmm. deeply offends me when like that's why. That's why I take to comedians, like, whenever I listen to comedy, comedians who go, mm-hmm. look, I'm an atheist, but, like, to each their own, I'm not going to take this away from you. Like, Mark Maron does a great 
job, like, making fun of, uh, like, militant atheists. He's like, what's what's their end game? Let's yeah. let's let's play this out. Let's see what yeah. hap- like what the scenario looks like when they're successful. It's like, well, you know, my life sucks, but you know, at least I have God and blah blah. Atheist jumps out of a bush. Rah! Guys are real. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, then yeah, the atheist. Yeah, I'm gonna go home and tell my shitty friends. <laughs> Patton Oswalt is one of the very few that I think has been able to walk this line. And that's yeah. because he's Patton Oswalt. Yeah. There's no subject. That guy can't just make palatable. That's Sky, what he does. Sky kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That bit is glorious. It's and it's great. because he genuinely does have affection for the religious. Yeah. Um, so let's look at the movies on October 3rd. And this is where you're going to start to understand what I mean. Um, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People came out that this day. Yes, with Simon Pegg. I, and I, bombed bombed horribly i want to point out i i personally think the movie is hilarious it's one that it's the one american peg movie mm-hmm. that people seem to really like we don't yeah. count paul because no. uh british british writers british writers and yes. i think this one had largely british production too but it's the it's the one film of his with an american backing that people seem to like um mm-hmm. i should see it i have not seen it yeah. um i have uh I, that's one that I acquired in the blockbuster closing. Like it was, it was one of the. Um, they had a whole, like, table of movies that were, uh, part of their mail-in service that tried to compete with yeah. Netflix. So I just yep. had like a sleeve of it. <laughs> yep. Um. Mm-hmm. L- let me uh, let me point out great cast on it. Um. Simon mm-hmm. Pegg. Uh. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, who I will always watch in anything. I mm-hmm. I think she's so great. Um, yeah. Lola is trying to turn my computer off. By the way. Oh no. Uh huh. No, Lola. That. No. No. Okay, I need um, that to record. <laughs> yeah. Um, Megan Fox, Julian Anderson. Mm-hmm. So some good people in it. Some good people in it. Um, yeah. and Megan Fox what? plays uh, basically the person like the the type of actress that she's accused of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she is not. <laughs> no, no, we yeah. really need to. We really need to stop and underline mm-hmm. that the person she is treated as in that movie is not the person she is. No, really need to underline that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that she's currently working for um, what we call it? Um, Fredericks of Hollywood. Ooh, what's that? The uh, lingerie company. Oh, oh, nice. Now, before now, first of all, number one, that's mm-hmm. a fine job. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, I believe I've read that she has a controlling stake in it. Oh, nice. She has a controlling stake in the company. Good for yeah. her. Oh, boy, I just saw one on October 10th that I did not have on my previous list, so I'm going to really shoot mm-hmm. through these quickly. Flash Yay. of Genius, which no one really knows about, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a movie about intermittent windshield wipers. Beverly Hills Chihuahua, a huge yeah. hit. I don't give a, sh- I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. Screw it. Mm. Um, the debacle blindness, a critically lambasted film, which was the follow-up to Constant Gardner for its director, huh. and just to prove that we're fair, an American Carol, the right wing, uh, oh. the right wing disaster movie. Oh no, which was directed by uh... David Zucker. <sighs> that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, two notable movies on this list, and uh, one of which I'm going to actually spend a bit of time on. Rachel getting married uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Jonathan Demme with Anne Hathaway. Um, 
Now is my chance to point out that the internet's consistent hatred of Anne Hathaway has always baffled me. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 be mad at the woman who is, by all accounts, unbelievably nice on movie sets. I, I've mm-hmm. never heard a bad story about her from anybody who's worked with her. Is obscenely talented, can sing unbelievably well, and is a tremendous actress. And on top of that, mm-hmm. really, when I hear guys say she wasn't sexy enough to play Catwoman, all I can think is, Ugh. congratulations, your standards suck. Uh-huh. But let's, but let's move past that one, because I haven't seen it, but I've heard quite good on it, uh, to Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, one that I absolutely have seen. I have not. All right. It's on Netflix. This one is definitely on Netflix. Okay. And it's a recommend? It is a hard recommend. Oh, this movie had the unfortunate fate of coming out when America was kind of getting a little sick of Michael Sarah's act. Yeah. That's... Which would... Um, which would go to a uh, sort of backlash where he was direct, where he was uh, going to play Scott Pilgrim. Because mm-hmm. this was like maybe a yeah. year later they announced that, and like Edgar Wright and company were making fun of the uh, like when the trailer came out, people were going, "Oh, this looks great!" It's like, "Oh, here's the here's the uh, they called it the Michael Sarah backlash backlash." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um. I love this movie, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm, this is going to give me a chance to talk about an actress who has had a really god-awful decade, to be blunt. Oh? Hollywood, for God's sake, can we do something with Kat Dennings? Because she is so fantastic in this movie that it's heartbreaking to look at the decade that came after this. Yeah? This should have been her ticket to the A-list. This should have been her over and over again, getting really great leading roles. I didn't know she that. is so good. I didn't know good. that she was the other lead in this. She is so good, so winning, so likable. Oh. And everybody in this movie is really good. Jay Baruchel is in it and gets a very oh. different part for him. Ari Grainer is amazing in it. Um, I mean, everybody in it is great. There isn't a bad performance in it. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I like about this movie. It's set in New York. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a New York movie. Mark Bothersby actually did the score for it. Nice. I, I love seeing his name and things. He actually, sorry, he actually does the uh, the score for Matt Groening's new show. Nice, nice. Yeah. I and of course, you know, not his first time to have worked with him. Um, but anyway, I can't. I, I this is one that I'm probably going to be writing on. Here's the thing. This is a movie that's set in New York. It feels like it was made by people who live in New York. Mm-hmm. It feels like it, it feels authentic. It feels lived in it. There's a gr- there's a roughness to it mm-hmm. for a PG 13 movie. It feels raw. It doesn't feel simple. Mm-hmm. I really love this movie. Um, but we got a lot of movies to get to yet. I would, I could spend the whole cast on this one. I can't let's jump ahead to October 10th um, with a lot of pretty bad movies um, and one really great one. Um, City of Ember came out this day and was a legendary flop. People don't realize it now, but that was predicted to be a huge franchise. Uh, The director did Monster House before this. Oh, wow. This was predicted to be a huge franchise. It did $8 million. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. You also had Body of Lies from Ridley Scott with Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe. Hmm. 
Noticing, I'm guessing you've forgotten about it if you even had heard of it before. City of Lies. It rings. Body of Lies. Body, Body of, lies. of Lies. Yeah, see, that's how much I have <laughs> forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It's not much of a movie. It's not much of a. It's not one that I've heard much about. I've. This is part of the Ridley Scott can't stop making movies train, where no matter what he does, even if it's just okay, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is not one that anybody has any thoughts on. It's not one that's lasted. It's not one that's endured. I didn't see it, but I don't like Ridley Scott movies. That's not one that I really care about. Um, let me see. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other movies. Quarantine opened this day. I do the remake. That. Do you know what that movie is notable for? No. The very last shot of the movie is on the poster. Oh? Literally, the final shot of the movie is the movie poster. What? Mm-hmm. That's weird. That was bad. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the very last shot of this movie is what you see on the poster. Well. <laughs> well, spoilers. Spoilers. I, um, I have to look it up now. Yeah. Literally, the very last thing you see is on that poster. That is some bad filmmaking there. My God. Well, that's some bad, bad marketing. That's some bad marketing, yeah. I've heard the film is okay. It's perfectly generic. Uh, so let's talk about a movie that I do have some thoughts on, and it's one that I don't think you've seen, but I'm going to go on ahead and make a sale for it. Mm-hmm. Happy Go Lucky from Mike Lee. Okay, I I remember... The, oh, okay, I see the quarantine poster. Is that the one with the, like... Yep. The woman's like, ah! Yep, that's the last shot of the movie. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Okay, let's talk about a movie that I like instead. Go. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I, I feel like so much of this cast is going to be me just telling you what I thought of these movies, and <laughs> you're going, tell them. Yeah. Um, let's talk briefly about Happy Go Lucky. Um, I want to point out the worst decision that the Oscars made this year. Everyone knows that The Dark Knight not getting nominated for Best Picture, much less winning, was a mm-hmm. mistake. There is one worst decision that they made, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Academy, why the hell did you not nominate Sally Hawkins for Best Actress? If you have ever wondered what is proof that the Oscars are all about who pays to get it, mm-hmm. the fact that a campaign was not mounted for her mm-hmm. um, should tell you everything. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is big time twenty twenty because this movie, man, this movie is wonderful. And Hawkins, of course, I can't be too – I can't rage too hard. Mm-hmm. The next decade was going to be just wonderful for her, mm-hmm. thankfully. But I love her work in this movie so much. This is this is star-making work. Mm-hmm. She is in the entire film. She's in every scene. Mm-hmm. And she just – the whole premise of the movie is she just plays a perpetual optimist. And it's all about what she deals with. And in the process, Mike Lee mm-hmm. goes in and deconstructs the tropes of the romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Because there wind up being two men in her life, uh, a brusque driving instructor who she doesn't get along with very well, and a nice guy teacher. Now, based on that description, if this was a Hollywood romantic comedy, what do you think would happen? She would fall in love with a nice guy teacher, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, that is actually what happens. Right. What would have happened in a Hollywood movie? is the teacher would have turned out to not would turn out to not be the person that she thought 
and the driving instructor would have hidden depths. Right. No, yeah. the deeper we get into him, the more we realize he's an asshole. And it's, he's played by the fantastic Eddie Marson, who mm-hmm. this yeah. after Hancock had to feel like a warm bath for him. <laughs> yeah. He's so good here. He's so good here. Um, in a better world, he would have been nominated for best supporting actor, though. That category was that was a hell category this year. Mm. It's weird because you go back and you look at that category and it's for it's. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman for Doubt, uh, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder, Michael Shannon for um, I forgot that Revolutionary. Doubt was that old. Yeah, we're going to be getting into Doubt in the next cast, and I have so much thoughts on it. Hmm. Oh my god, I could do a whole cast on Doubt. Um, mm. Quick, quick, quick spoiler for that next cast. Doubt is genius, and if you haven't seen it, you absolutely must right now. Yeah, and uh, Josh Brolin for Milk. And in any other year, one of those four guys would have walked away with it. Mm. Uh, too bad Heath Ledger was up for the Joker uh, for the Dark Knight. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies to get to. Um, I just want to say again, if you haven't seen Happy Go Lucky, watch it just for Hawkins. The The whole movie is – no, that's not even fair. The whole movie is Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So if you watch it just for her, you're watching it for the movie. She should have become a movie star out of this, and she wound up having a nice career. Mm-hmm. Man, this movie's great. Um, let's jump ahead to October 17th, because, um, boy, do we have a movie that I think we're going to be spending some time on here. Mm-hmm. The horrible Robert De Niro star, What Just Happened, which is just a vanity project for its writer-director, mm-hmm. came out, because De Niro was basically playing that guy. It's awful. Um, I, I, it's, I, this is a movie that is vanity project through and through. It's almost fascinating. Mm-hmm. Max Payne came out this day. I don't think any of us want to spend any more time on it. I didn't see it. Did you? No, I heard the plot, and it sounded like a South Park parody of what it would have been. It's not even based on the game, really. It's nah. famous for a misleading trailer that implied it was supernatural. It's not. <laughs> just um, like just like Red Eye. And I'm gonna yeah, but you know what the difference was? Yeah, Red Eye was good. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that no one who was misled by that came out of it hating that movie? Right. It's because it's because at the end of the day, supernatural or not, Killian Murphy is terrifying in that thing. Rachel McAdams is awesome, and Wes Craven is a god. Yes. The other two movies on this date that I'm going to cover, mm-hmm. I'm going to cover the one that I know you haven't seen first, and then we're going to get to the one that I know that you have. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all, this is my chance to talk about my beloved Sex Drive, and oh, <laughs> God, I love this movie so. I know how that sounded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was intentional. Oh my God, I love this movie so much. I watched this movie at the Dollar Theater, and I'm telling you, the theater erupted for Hmm. every second of this movie. The theater exploded. You would have thought this was one of the funniest films of the year, and it really is. Mm -hmm. No one went to see it. Uh, This is one that's out there. I don't think it's hard to get your hands on. It's easy to find. Yeah, Uh, I I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. You know what? Let Let me check. I can actually check real quick. Do it. Um... I'm going to do search. Well, this is going to be a fun search. Um, <laughs> I want to just say that as I search for it, this is a movie that is a model of, okay, we can actually make this good. Like, we can make this good. This doesn't have to be a bad, unfunny movie. Uh, this is an actually quite funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um 
nope, I, I, I got a typo in there. Ugh. This is a really funny, clever, and I want to stress that, clever movie. Hmm. And I mean clever as hell. Hmm. Um, it is not on Netflix, sadly. Oh. Um, but it's out there, and it's not hard to find. This yeah. is one of those movies. It is the just every decision that is made on this movie is superb. Hmm. It's funny. It is witty. It is intelligent. Mm-hmm. It is just it is a running series of good decisions. Um, hmm. The premise is basic. A guy tries to drive across the country to meet the girl that he's the, the guy tries to meet uh, drive across the country to meet a girl he's in love with mm-hmm. online. We know where this is. And it's a generic plot. However, when you find out what's really going on at the end of it, because it's not a spoiler to say that there's a little more going on, Mm -hmm. you won't see that coming. Interesting. Um, The film has a lot of really great comic performances. Brian Posehn gets a great comic performance. I like him. Um, Yeah, he, he only gets one scene, but it's great. Seth Green gets several scenes and is just amazing. Um, I really like the lead actress in it, Amanda uh, Crew. She didn't get to do a lot after this, sadly. Mm-hmm. But she gives a really – though, actually, she's on Silicon Valley now that I think of that. Oh, uh, who's she playing there? Like, I don't know, but I've seen her name in the cast list. What? This is just – What's her name the, again? Uh, Amanda Crew. Okay. I have a feeling I know who she plays. Yeah, she's really good in this. She's really good in this. But, man – Seth Green is great, in it, but man, the one that dominates this movie is Clark Duke, um, who he's an Arkansas, he's an Arkansan, he's an Arkansan. Oh, nice. So I, I like getting to cite that. Um, he's awesome in this movie. He, oh, yeah. He's really awesome in this movie. This is just she, a she funny plays, movie. So she plays Monica, who is a who is a significant role. Good, good, she's good, good in that, it. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. That makes me yeah. happy because she's really good in this. Yeah, but. The other person that is the MVP of this movie is James Marsden is on Mm. one in this movie. This movie feels like Marsden was so sick of always playing the nice guy that he was like, I will show you what happens when I play an asshole. Mm -hmm. He is so over the top terrible in it. It is. It's amazing. He is. He's on another level in this movie. He really is. Um. He's great. I really and truly. Now, the only thing that I don't like about his character is he's homophobic, and uh, I don't like that. I don't. That joke gets really old, especially yeah. when you know the inevitable joke that's going to come when a character is inevitably incredibly homophobic for an entire movie. Yeah. Oh, they're, I kind. They're gay. I kind of feel like that gets overused here. Yeah. I don't care. The rest of this movie is so blissfully weird and wonderful that mm. I'm really happy to talk about it. Here's the movie, though, that I'm not happy to talk about, and this is probably going to be the most of the rest of this cast. Shall mm-hmm. we talk about W? W. Oh. Oliver Stone, stop. Just stop. We are, we are not well hidden from our thoughts that Oliver Stone is a... You know, hack is too nice of a way of putting it. It is. Because, because hacks don't try. That's what I don't get about Stone. He tries... Mm-hmm. But Stone is so obsessed with being the first draft of history in all of his movies, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. He could not wait to be the first one to really understand Vietnam on screen 
And that was good because he'd been there. He understood it. Oh, had he? Yeah, he, he was a Vietnam vet. I did not know that. Yeah, that's why Platoon is so well-liked. Yeah, that's what, that's, I heard that Platoon was good and then just everything else. Well, I saw, I saw Natural Born Killers, which uh, I was, like, when... I was in, like, late high school, and that's, like, when I really started getting into film. Like, Quentin Tarantino was, like, oh, the best director ever. Uh, yeah. It's, like, my opinions on him have changed a little bit. Like, yeah. I still think he's great, but... He's, he's not the best. Nah. It's funny, you wind up coming around more to the understanding of why Steven Spielberg is so great, once you learn more about film, if oh, that makes yeah. any sense. Um, I, yeah, the thing about Natural Born Killers, of course, is it I was all it. entirely... Yeah, and it was all entirely because Oliver Stone went in and rewrote it to the point of just incomprehensibility. I... I read a draft of it. I'm not sure if it's real. Like on, online. No, if if it's the one that's online, it's real. Oh, okay. Because that was basically a transcription of Tarantino's printed script. That was it. Was much better that way. Yes, of course it was. Um, it's mm-hmm. funny to compare that to True Romance, where you may oh, notice yeah. Tarantino hasn't, despite that also being directed by someone else. Tarantino didn't de uh, didn't um. Yeah, didn't he still claims it. it. He still claims it because he liked Tony Scott. They got along great. Oh yeah. They, uh, the um the other thing about that one is that's the only film that you'll that you will hear um uh, his voice on an audio commentary. Yeah, it's his only commentary. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. I'm sad we don't have more. Let's talk yeah. about W though, because we have to talk about this movie. Yeah, unfortunately. We're, trying, we're we're trying to avoid it. Uh you know why we're trying to avoid it? Because there's nothing here. Nah. I can rarely think of a movie that less feels like a real movie. It's like the best way I can describe it is like, you know, it, it, like, they have a scene with him making a speech. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that was Josh Brolin, right? Yeah. Um, I want to point out, by the way, this See, movie could have killed Josh Brolin's career if Milk had not come out later. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't, because we would not have Dallas, we would not have Cable. But the scene that stands out to me, the one thing I remember, is like, oh, he's making a speech, whatever. And then, just in the background, subtle's... That's the other thing. Like, he's not subtle. Uh-uh. Like, I get... Like, Spike Lee is also not subtle, but I like him. Uh, it's because Lee has a point. Uh-huh. And he's just like, he's just like, okay, he's making a speech, and in the background... Ever so, you know, uh, like under the under the speech is um, what Louis Armstrong's "What a Wonderful World." It's like you're not clever. Stop. No, here's how bad this movie is. This movie is how not to do a biopic. Pretty much. This movie leaves out nine eleven. Yes. Okay. Nine eleven. Bush's signature moment. I forgot about that. What does it include? The bleeping pret time he nearly choked on a pretzel. Like I, that gets an extended sequence. I, 9/11 isn't in it. I need to clarify. I did not forget about 9/11. Nobody can forget about 9/11. No. But yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. You forgot that he forgot to put it in there. 
yeah. you get to see a little bit of the aftermath, um, mm-hmm. which is where, by the way, we get to see a gloriously wasted Jeffrey Wright as um, – mm. why was Jeffrey Wright Colin Powell in this movie? Oh. Jeffrey Wright was Colin Powell in this movie. Oh, no. Man, think of the movie we could have had centered around that. Because mm. I love Jeffrey Wright. He is always great in everything he does. Angels of America. Ima- Angels of America. Yeah. Imagine the movie we could have had with Jeffrey Wright as Powell. You could have gotten a mm-hmm. serious, powerful biopic. Mm-hmm. We don't have that here. Wasted. Wasted. We get Richard Dreyfus as Dick Cheney. Oh. Wasted. <laughs> Wasted. That's the other thing I think you mentioned when we like discussed this some time ago is that that um that movie was made while he was still president, which is it not... came out while he was it came out in the last days of his presidency. Yeah, which you know it's it's one of those things. I hate to get too terribly political on this. Well, we've we've gotten political. We know it's that time. This is safe. This is safe. This is safe. Yeah. Every t- all I will say is every time I listen, to, I go back and listen to a comedian in that era that includes Patton Oswalt, that includes mm-hmm. uh, that includes uh, Louis Black, that includes just anybody that made any political comments on Bush. Uh, in the Trump era, it's like, oh, that was such a simpler time. That's so adorable. <laughs> and the thing is, this movie actually kind of makes me angry because it's part of the – because I don't like the way that we're all whitewashing the Bush presidency now. Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, at least they were nice. No, they still hated gay people and black people. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. They still despised brown people. They just did it nicer. Yeah. Let's be clear. They were not as blatant about it. <laughs> And that's not good. I feel like this movie is part of that. Because really what it is, is it's Bushism's the movie. Mm -hmm. That's all this movie is. I remember Bushism's. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, be careful. Every bad malapropism that he ever made is in this movie. Yeah. Is Our Children Learning is in this movie. 9-11 is not in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting. And here's the thing. You could make an interesting film out of the Bush relationship. Mm-hmm. You could make a fascinating film out of the relationship between the Bushes. Yeah. Uh, James Cromwell is another one who gets wasted. I want to make this clear, by the way. Brolin, when I said he'd better be glad that Milk came out afterwards, that's because he's pretty awful in this movie, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He is – He, you know who he's doing in this movie? He's not playing George W. Bush. Sorry, yeah. Lola's being Lola. You know who he's playing? Who? You know who he's playing in this movie? He's playing Will Ferrell's George W. Bush. Oh. Uh, you mean from uh, Saturday Night Live? Yeah, that's who oh, he's geez. playing. He's playing Will Ferrell's Bush. I forgot that Ferrell was Bush on Saturday oh. Night Live. Man, there's so much of, S- of SNL that you've got blocked out. Cause, oh, yeah. And I've been an avid viewer for over 20 years, in all fairness. I I still think it's one of the funniest shows on television, damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I watched it. I just forgot about that. I think SNL was built for the viral video era. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and they've been—they've never been shy about the fact they chase it. And you know what? They've never been shy about making content worth it. Mm-hmm. This movie, there is one person that I think walks out of this movie with their dignity intact. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's Elizabeth Banks, who is wonderful as Laura Bush. Laura Bush. I was going to say. She's great. First of all, she looks the part. She mm-hmm. has the voice. She gives and she gives the closest thing to an actual performance. Everybody mm-hmm. else is doing SNL versions. She actually yeah. tries. And that's because Banks is a good actress. But I think I think this movie is so just badly made. Mm-hmm. And it the script is a nightmare. Ugh. If the Razzie were fair, this thing would have been nominated for worst screenplay because mm-hmm. it is a terrible screenplay. It is a greatest hits collection that, again, doesn't even really include the right hits. No. It, and again, Stone doesn't have anything to say about Bush beyond, aw, aren't you cute? And mm-hmm. also that he should never have been president. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. His argument is he should have been president of baseball. He should have been commissioner of the MLB. Mm-hmm. And he's right. He's right. That's what Bush wanted. But you know what? You need to say something more about a goddamn war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you consider that the man has a lot of war crimes on his record, I'd like a little bit more commentary. This movie being PG-13, mm-hmm. by the way, is proof of what a cop-out it was. God. Like, I, I remember, uh, uh, well, Dad talks about, my dad talks about, um, like, back when, I forgot what, I forgot when it was, like, 70s, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they had a feature on, like, either a ma- in either 60 Minutes or, like, a magazine or something, about demonstrating waterboarding. It's like, this is what our enemies are doing. You know, like, this is, like, look at this. And and then, like, when he heard that we were doing that, it's like, oh, my God. Do you not have anything to say about this? That's my question. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. This was all open. We all knew this. Mm-hmm. Stone didn't have a damn thing to say about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a goddamn thing to say. And that's the thing that pisses me off the most, is Oliver Stone is known for running his mouth, I really don't think he had anything to say about George W. Bush. Nah. I don't even think right now is time enough to make this movie, to be honest. Nah. I don't. More. I think it's going to take another 10 years before we're really ready to analyze Bush. I agree. This is a this is a bad movie, and mm-hmm. I'm glad it's forgotten. Uh, this movie was no had no presence at the Oscars. No, no real presence at the box office. I don't think it didn't, cracked thirty million. Didn't Oliver Stone make a standalone film about nine eleven though? He made World Trade Center, and since yeah. we have just a few moments, let me tell people there were two nine eleven movies out that year: World Trade Center and uh, United, United ninety three. Mm-hmm. I think we know which one. Uh, yeah, United yeah. 93 is a masterpiece. United yeah. 93 is arguably the best film ever made about a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put it on a tiny list that includes All the President's Men. I will I will give an argument for The Post also, although I don't know yeah. as much about that event. Mm-hmm. But that, that basically, yeah. the end of The Post yeah. leads right into All the President's Men. Yeah. You know what's funny about this movie, about... United, actually, World Trade Center reflects everything wrong with W, which is he doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to say. Yeah. He has nothing to say. This movie has nothing. And mm. I mean nothing to say. Mm. So, and that's just it. He had nothing to say about 9-11. The mm. most that he had to say was just that it happened. Right. And I get that. Here's the weird thing. It's a feel-good movie. 
that's the weird thing about that movie is it's a freaking feel good movie. What United ninety three? No, World Trade Center. Really? It's a feel good movie. It's a feel good, warm, fuzzy movie. Also, it's another movie that Michael Pena was way too damn good for. Mm. I swear to God, we're gonna have to start making a list of movies where Michael Pena is in it. And I'm just like, dude, you're too good for this. Uh, he he's the guy that's uh, an Ant Man, right? He is the guy who's now gone mimetic for his storytelling. Yes. He's also in uh, the My Little Pony movie and does a great job. Cool. Yeah. Cool. He is, the movie that he is most notable for being too good for was Crash. Uh, oh. He is way too good for Crash. And he has the dumbest part of that movie, too. So. Oh. All right. Um, so we're going to move on to October 24th. Well to, do, well, to do a cast on Crash sometime. Dude. I've released one. I'm down for it. Um, yeah. Let's let's get on a very notable. I'm going to talk really briefly about a very notable um, indie film that came out that day. La mm-hmm. den rata coma in, uh-huh. or as we all know it, let the right one in. Uh huh. Yes. 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 That was a big bombshell release, and it's interesting that that movie came out and probably did better than its. American remake, honestly, in terms of cultural impact. Hmm. I feel like the American remake got completely just scuttled. Mm-hmm. Didn't exist after a few weeks. And and I don't like that. I think they were, the remake is fantastic. I think remake's a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Let the Right One In, that's a big movie that we would be really remiss if we didn't note it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with the writer. I like that both versions exist. Yeah. I think both versions have the same dark melancholy mm-hmm. and i like that really quickly did you see clint eastwood's changeling no uh widely considered i didn't either and that's maybe the one eastwood where i probably need to go back and see it mm-hmm. widely considered one of his better films angelina jolie stars in it it's a story of one of the strangest cases in lapd history mm-hmm. where a kid was uh, a boy goes missing uh, the LAPD finds the kid, supposedly, and the mother's like, this isn't my kid. And the LAPD is like, no, it's your kid. It was hmm. a cover-up. The LAPD was covering something up and not being all that clear about it. Hmm. Um, it is a dark, twisted story. Um, notable who wrote it, the great J. Michael Straczynski, hmm. a co-creator of Sense8, um, <laughs> r- longtime Spider-Man writer. Boy, there's a credit you don't often hear brought up. Yeah. Um, you don't often, when you're going through someone's uh, credits to prove that they're a prestige artist, go, longtime writer of The Amazing Spider-Man. But he was. <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately, his name is on the scripts for one more day. Uh. Yes, he's made it clear, by the way, that he does regret it. Um, yeah. He's made it very clear that he regrets the hell out of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, though not necessarily because of what it did. Um, so talented guy. Um, and then um, so that that that's an interesting one. Um, I want to point out too that on the, that this was the week the first Tinkerbell animated movie came out. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to let's see. There were two other movies on this date of interest. Um, um, Saw Five came out this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to point out that the main character of the Saw movies died right. in the third movie. 
They made five more movies in the series. Yeah. They killed the main character in a way that he could not come back from the dead. No. They made five more movies. The main character being Jigsaw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who dies in the third movie. Mm -hmm. Unambiguously dies. He dies of cancer in the third movie. Correct. He stay, he's and he's in all eight. He's in all eight movies through flashbacks. Hmm. Weak, weak. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the other week. Um, I remember that the the 3D re-release of Nightmare Before Christmas had its third annual release this year, and I think this was the last time they did it. Yeah, I I uh, went all three years. Like it, I did too. It became a little tradition. Like it. Uh, the way I feel about that is, well, it's Nightmare Before Christmas on the big screen. Yeah, so and I it was always that. worth it. It was always worth it, but it's um, the 3D was a little weak. 3D was rough, but I didn't care because yeah. I love the movie. Um, Same. Uh, and then um, High School Musical 3 came out mm-hmm. um, this day. I want to point out how cool I think it is that the franchise jumped from the small screen to the big screen and no one blinked. Right. I didn't see it. Um, I... I we talked about this briefly when we were talking about uh, the, um, what was it, um, on the standing ovation cast, that I have a lot of affection, at least for what these movies are. I have seen High School Musical through the Riff Tracks edition. Yeah, I, I haven't. It's uh, cute. It's just cute is all. It's just cute. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about it. I will. One thing I didn't get to point out in that at that point was that it wasn't clear yet, but Zac Efron's a really funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny dude, and I do want to point out he's got real comic talent. I I I like. I've seen the Zastronis maybe three times. I never recognize him. No, it's not until the end when you catch <laughs> him at the premiere that you're like, oh, that's him. Yeah, and it's really funny because like he plays arguably the best actor in the or the guy who turns in the best performance in the room. He's good. He's. Efron has proven himself to be a superb comic talent. Um, mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about. So let's end this cast by talking about another comic talent. Mm-hmm. I because I want to point out that I continue to wrestle with how I feel about Zack and Mary make a porno. Yeah, I still I find myself going back and forth on that movie so hard. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever really come to any conclusion. I think I'm going to permanently be in the middle on that movie. Yeah. There are things about that movie that I absolutely love, and there are things about that movie that I absolutely despise. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ever going to be at peace with how I feel about that movie. Hmm. I think... Yeah. I just don't think it's clear. I don't think... And it's and, I, and I'll tell you why I think I feel this way about this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kevin Smith ever figured out how he felt about it. Yeah. This movie feels like Kevin Smith really wanted mainstream credibility. Yeah. I think he really wanted Judd Apatow money. Yeah. So he realized... He wrote it for Seth Rogen, which is kind he of He did big. write Yeah. Yeah. And and in all fairness, Rogen's one of the things I really like about the movie. I yeah. think he's good. Yeah. But it doesn't... It feels like Smith is putting his personal touches aside. Yeah. I... I also think he cannot write black people to save his life. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and I, and I hate it because I think Smith wants to, yeah. I think he wants to be on the right side here. Yeah. I know. But, 
Uh, we, we, yeah, we all know he's not racist. No, I, 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 I don't think Smith has a spiteful bone in his entire body. No. I, you know, I will point out, someone pointed, out, pointed this out recently, which is, if you really, and I forget who said this, but I read a review of uh, Chasing Amy that pointed out that movie works because it is him trying to figure out how does he feel about lesbianism. Hmm. Which admittedly he probably shouldn't be trying to figure out, but it, the, he wrote it as response to having gay friends, right? And it was his way of trying to say, "How do I feel about this?" Hmm. And I think he needs, and I don't think he's ever really gotten to that point where he's gotten to really do something where he could say, "Okay, how do I feel about black people?" I really think hmm. it comes down to he thinks Chris Rock is funny. Yeah, because basically every black character that he writes sounds like Chris Rock. Yeah. Which isn't helped when a couple of them are Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, that doesn't make them better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wrestle with how I feel about this movie. Again, Banks. We get to bring back up Elizabeth Banks. Yes. And if we had kept going uh, a week further, we would have brought her up again. Mm-hmm. We... we uh, <laughs> When we start this cast up again, we're going to be back to dealing with her. Wow, she was prolific this year. Yeah. Uh, she's in Role Models. Um, hmm. Look, my, my thoughts on Elizabeth Banks are always going to be when she shows up in something, I'm glad. Yeah. I think she's a tremendously talented actress and a, a tremendous comedian. And I think she really does give this movie its heart. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident that Jeff Anderson probably gives the most com- – that it's Jeff Anderson and Jason Mewes mm-hmm. that are probably the guys that seem the most comfortable in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> those I, are Smith's Those are Smith's guys. Yeah, I believe that. I um, yeah, I saw I saw it once in theater. I enjoyed it. It was funny. Like, it's, it's, I, I'm yeah. probably honestly about a, a six on, a, out of ten on it, honestly. Yeah. Again, what I don't like about it is I don't I feel like the third act is weirdly gloomy. I don't think Smith ever really I don't mm-hmm. buy, it's it's weird. I buy Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks sitting around drinking beers together and being buddies. Mm-hmm. I don't buy them romantically. No. Hey. Like I don't buy them as a couple. Mm-hmm. And that's what's weird. I just don't buy them as a couple. I buy them as buddies. I don't buy them as a couple. Mm-hmm. And that's fatal to this movie um yeah because that's the entire premise of the film i don't buy them though i don't buy repressed couple but i don't buy them i don't Mm. buy them for a second Mm. there's there's tremendous buddy energy going on but i don't buy them i i do like the joke um that like it's when it time when it comes time to film uh this is the thing that stands out from the movie most for me. Like when it comes time to film the por- their scene, mm-hmm. uh, it's like that he the way he films it is like, oh yeah, it's finally like in the moment it's between them. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's finally it's like, hey, this is finally happening. It's so great, but on the but on camera, like the um, the camera they're shooting with, it's boring. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. It is probably the best directed film Smith has ever made. Yeah. I do think Smith was on his A game as a director. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was on his A game because his heart wasn't in the script. So mm-hmm. I think he was challenging himself. Now, 
I really feel hesitant to say anything negative about Kevin Smith in light of the year that he's had. Yeah. Um, though, honestly, I probably shouldn't because, uh, because it's gone so well for him, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out, the recent photos of him are very uh, heartwarming. Yes, he looks that amazing. Dude, that dude looks incredible, and I am so happy to see that. He has never looked better. He looks so much healthier. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks 15 years younger. That's what's crazy. Yes. Is him losing the weight, he looks so much better. He looks really good right now, and I'm so happy for that because I mm-hmm. like Smith. Me too. I, there are enough assholes in this industry that I don't feel like being hard on this guy. This movie doesn't connect with me, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people that really love it, and I get why they do. I he, think it's okay. I think it's okay. Dude, I do want to point... The dude liked your tweet. I know, that was awesome. That oh was my awesome. God. I know, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I do want to say one thing that I do think about this movie. I think this movie had the most mangled release of any movie this year. Yeah. The Weinstein Company <laughs> released this on Halloween. Yes, they did. What the hell were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows how release dates work knows you do not release a big movie on a party day. No. <laughs> Nobody went to see this movie. Um, When I went to see the theater, I literally had a private showing. Mm-hmm. And that was the Saturday morning that it was out. Yeah. That should tell you. I'm pretty sure how... I saw it around the same time. This was a mangled release. I'm going to make a theory. If this movie gets held to January mm-hmm. or February, because I know what January and February of 2009 look like. Mm-hmm. If this movie had been held to then, given people a little bit of breathing room, mm-hmm. I think this could have been a huge hit. Because mm-hmm. because the people that I know, because honestly, most people I know that Saw this, really loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't think this had to be the flop that it was. I think Kevin Smith's career goes very differently if this movie gets held yeah. to February. I agree, because this was kind of part of his breakdown that year. He had a literal breakdown. Yes. And I've gone back and thought about it. It occurs to me, that podcast that he did that I found so unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Dude, that cast is nothing short of someone having a a mental breakdown on audio. Yes. It's not, it's not a mean thing. It's a sad thing. And I feel bad for Smith. And I think mm-hmm. he did go through a genuine breakdown. Yeah. Because here's the thing you have to remember that everybody told him, this is going to be your biggest hit ever. Mm-hmm. And he's had that happen before. I know Jane silent Bob strike back was sold as that, but then audiences mm-hmm. were like, I don't want to see this. I have to have seen the other movies. Which mm-hmm. you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. By the way, we should point out that Smith is now currently hard at work on mm-hmm. a new Jane Silent Bob movie. Yes, he is. Good. Good. <laughs> this would be a time to cue up the Beatles' Get Back because, yes. man, I'm happy for that. I will. I cannot wait for that. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be Smith's train spotting, too. Um, and that's a good segue because in the, ca- in the next final cast that we're going to do, we're going to look at what I consider Danny Boyle's worst movie. Yeah. We're going to look at a movie that has more more people caught up in the Me Too movement 
uh, per square inch than you can even imagine. Yeah. 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 Boy, that one's going to be awkward to talk about. Um, yes, we're going to talk about a movie with no less than four noted abusers. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, boy. That's going to be fun. Oh. Oh, and it's one of the best films of the year, too. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about um, a uh, – we're going – oh, we. I just realized we skipped over a movie, by the way. Oh, which one? We never did get to Eagle Eye. Oh. And that was a huge movie, too. That's crazy. We skipped over it completely because we were too busy talking about movies that actually interested us. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Did you see it? I did not see it. Nope. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's a disgusting, terrible person. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's got a long record of not-so-nice things said about him. Oh, boy. Um, I did, Look, that movie is why Shia LaBeouf is not a movie star. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Is that movie, for all of its expectations, bombed, bombed badly, and that's all that there is to say about it. Um, yeah. But next time, but next time we've got some interesting films to cover, and we may even get to give a shout out to a friend. Yeah. We will definitely be giving a shout out to a friend. So <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking yep, about. Yep. December's going to be fun. So yeah. we got a lot of stuff to cover. So all right. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world.